0: Everybody, here we go! Up to Neverland! Welcome to Detour to Neverland! Just a little bit of pixie dust. Where we interview Disneyers to discover unique ways to express your love for Disney. Think of the
1: happiest thing.
0: Now, here's your host, Brendan Wright. Hey guys, I wanted to give you a quick update on some things that will be going on over the next couple weeks with Detours from Everland. So first of all, Catherine, my wife, and Elizabeth, my sister-in-law, and I will be heading to Disneyland in just under two weeks. We'll actually be in Southern California for a week, so we'll be in San Diego for a while, hit up the zoo, and then we're going north to Anaheim, going to Mickey's Halloween Party, and then also doing three days in the parks. So look out for that. We'll be doing a lot of Instagram Lives being able to record some podcasts while we're there with some of our initial impressions of the park because um, it's the first time that all of us has been so. Be on the lookout for that. The other thing that we're launching today is our very first giveaway. So we have been so happy and so um, blessed to be able to meet so many amazing people in the Disney community that we wanted to take the opportunity to give something back. So the item that we're going to be giving away is the Haunted Mansion-themed Funko Ride uh, Pop. It's a part of the Ride series. Um, It's called the Ezra and Doom Buggy um, Funko Pop. And these were actually a limited release at the end of September. Um, Elizabeth, my sister-in-law, shout out to her. She was so gracious to wake up early, head to Disney Springs on the day that they were released, get in the huge line and grab some of those for us. So we're going to be giving one of those away away to a lucky listener. Um, And the way that we're going to be doing that giveaway is in each episode from now until the end of October, we will be asking one trivia question and it will just be plugged in somewhere throughout the episode. So just listen for that question, and then go to a couple of different places where you can enter um, your answers. And you can enter them both ways uh, in order to get as many entries as possible. So the first way will be at our website at detourtoneverland.com. In our top menu, there will be a trivia giveaway link where you can go in there, plug in your answers for each episode. The other way is on our Instagram at DetourToNeverland_Podcast. underscore podcast, where there it'll be under our highlighted stories. You can go in, um, get the answer form, and put it in there, um, and you know, continue putting in as many entries as you can. Um, And so the way that the questions will work is that each one I'll ask the question and then I'll give you some hints on where you can find the answer to those questions. Um, Some of them you might already know in your wealth of Disney knowledge. Others I will point you in the right direction of of a great resource um, and hopefully help you learn some, some new things about Disney as well. So be on the lookout for as well on our Instagram Throughout the month, we'll be hosting some other ways that you can get extra entries in there. Um, So yeah, we are so excited um, to be able to give this away. It's a really a cool item. Um, We are so excited to put one of them in our office, and then you will have another one in yours. So if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. And without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with Andrew from Wandering in Disney. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. With us today is Andrew Long from wanderingindisney.com. Andrew has so much unique content, uh, pushes out so much valuable content. Wandering in Disney is such a great resource for any Disney fan. So Andrew, we're so thankful for your time and thank you for joining us today. If you can go ahead and introduce yourself and for someone who's not as familiar with your website and your blog, can you go ahead and tell somebody um, a little bit about what you guys are about? Sure, thanks
1: for having me on. I, I enjoy the show. It's a great idea. I've, I've got to catch up on a few episodes, so again, an uh, honor to be on the show. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I grew up going to Disney just, just a little bit with my parents. Um, every now and then we go to Disneyland. I, I'm way out on the West Coast, up in the Northwest in Washington State. I grew up and you know, raised here and still live here. And so we go to Disneyland every now and then. We go to Disney World every now and then. Um, a couple times through high school and college, and then um, and then after that, uh, I met my wife at college, and she loved Disney. Um, our first trip together was Disneyland just a year after we started dating, and we um, we fell in love with the place. And from then on, we've uh, we've gone nearly every year we didn't go as much in college but um after we got married we we've, we've gone multiple times a year and um my my love for the theme parks grew um not just disney parks but i love i love just the thought of theme parks the idea of theme parks and uh, the architecture and i started reading about them and then from there on i i started taking photos and and uh, coming up with content, and, and that's that's what started the blog. I, I, a big inspiration for me was Disney Tourist Blog and uh, Tom Bricker, Sarah Bricker. Uh, I love the work they do, and uh, they inspired me to start taking photos and, and things like that. And from there on, I, I just kind of started the blog. Uh, my wife, Melissa, helps out uh, once in a while, but but mainly it's just me at this point, and I um, I just like to help people. Uh, my my main thought in starting the blog was I always hear people come back from a Disney vacation and say I didn't have that great of time. It was it was cool and all, but and, and I always thought to myself, well, why not? Uh, there's there's got to be something wrong if you didn't, and so uh, that's kind of I guess the the main goal of the blog is just to help people have as much fun as they can.
0: Have photography and writing been something that you've always been interested in and how did that process take place where you married those skills and and those hobbies with your love for Disney?
1: Uh, Really Disney theme parks were probably my biggest inspiration to start uh, photography and and start getting into that world uh, again uh, I followed Tom Bricker's stuff all through college and and without him I, I don't honestly know if I would have ever gotten into photography I still don't consider myself to be any any too good at it really but I, uh, I love doing it and um, I pro I bought my camera uh, about a year after we got married and have um, I definitely have improved since then and and um, done more and more with it as far as writing goes I have written uh all through college I I was writing on uh, sports blogs and and things like that I love to write always have and so that that was nothing new to me and I feel like I can uh uh, again I don't feel like I'm a great writer or anything like that but I just enjoy it I, I like to do it and and I try to have some sort of a voice so um yeah it was uh so i guess 50 50 disney kind of inspired the photography and 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 uh writing was just always kind of there as a a fun way to get out i'm kind of an introvert by nature uh what which you may not notice since i'm gonna ramble on and on but um but uh so writing's always kind of been my main outlet i guess
0: So something that I fall victim to and I think a lot of other blogs do as well is that you think, oh, I need to keep producing more content and I need to stick to a content schedule or something like that. And you end up kind of losing your identity and losing um, the um, kind of the overall theme of your blog or your website or whatever page or content uh, that you have. Uh, something that really captured me about your blog is that everything is very intentional um, and thoughtful and that through all of your blog posts, you can tell that you've really put in a lot of effort and a lot of thought into it um, to really make sure that it that it fits the overall theme.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's definitely something where you have to – There, with anything in life, I guess you, you kind of have to – pick what you care about and pick what you don't care about. I happen to care about the Disney parks. Um, there are certain topics about Disney parks where fans will get up in arms about, and frankly, I just don't care. Um, one of those right now would be, like, alcohol in Disneyland. It, I mean, sure, I understand why it's a big deal to some people, but I just do not care. Um, so I think the the thought behind um well, well, my thoughtful writing, I guess, um, would be to pick the things you really care about and let your opinion known. And and it's okay to not have an opinion about something. The internet is so full of, um, almost fake opinions or, or So I don't want to add that to, to the blog. I just want to add things I'm passionate about and I want my opinion to be known, but I don't, uh, if I don't have a strong one, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't have a strong one. So I think mm-hmm. that helps in, in keeping the blog a little bit grounded and maybe a little more content-driven than, than, like you said, like clickbait or something like that.
0: So when you're in a position like you are where you have this content that you need to continue pushing out uh, to hit uh, to be able to reach your readers, how do you approach staying up-to-date on the Disney news since it is so quickly moving?
1: Sure. I, I read a lot. Um, again, Disney tourist blog, w w magic, um, things like that. I, I read often. Um, and again, I, I kind of pick and choose what I write about. I, I'm not going to cover every, like if there's a new cupcake, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> worry about that. If, um, if Disneyland opens another snack stand, I'm not going to worry about that. Um, it's it's kind of the big picture that I try to worry about, and then um, like if there's a new land opening, we'll we'll try to plan a trip close to close to that land opening. Um, and if again, if we can't make it, like uh, like Pixar Pier, it the California Adventure doesn't didn't really interest me that much. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of the concept, so we didn't really plan a trip. We're just holding off till Star Wars Land. Um, Mm -hmm. Things like that. So you kind of got to pick and choose what you cover. Um, There are rumors that interest me, so I'll cover those. But but yeah, again, it's just it's just kind of um, reading up and and the things that strike my fancy I'll I'll write about or the things that I think will affect guests in a major way, because I I have published uh, quite a few posts on Pixar Pier or Toy Story Land or things like that without um, making it there yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. Although. I'll be there soon. So, um,
0: yeah. So I think most Disney fans would agree that lately Disneyland is getting the appreciation that it deserves, especially with the connection with Walt. But there are, you know, historically it does seem like more content um, and more attention goes to Walt Disney World. How have you approached that of being a Disney blog while having Disneyland as your home park and Disney world being across the country and not exactly as accessible.
1: Sure. Uh, the, (laughs) well, the the main answer is just to travel a lot. (laughs) Uh, sometimes that doesn't fit in with the budget, unfortunately, but, uh, but we, we try to travel a lot. Um, we've actually been to Disney world more recently than Disneyland and we'll be back to Disney world, um, sooner than Disneyland. The, uh, again we, we try to plan it around to uh, land openings um uh, as far as the community goes though i i don't think um it matters too much uh i i love the community and i i love to talk to people in the parks and and like if i see someone uh taking photographs late at night i, I love to interact with them and, and see what they're seeing and maybe uh show them what i've taken uh but uh there's there's quite a few uh members of the disney community out in on the west coast of california and then um more and more it seems like people are just traveling all over the the global parks have just kind of exploded it seems like in the last five years and uh and travel has been more prevalent throughout so so i feel like i'm a member of the community even with being out here there's actually a, a disney travel agency like strangely enough like a mile from my house um so uh i thought that was uh, pretty funny it's it's all over the place though there's there's meetups in washington um there, there's meetups wherever you live so if you want to be a part of the disney community you just got to be a part of it. You don't have to live in a certain spot or anything.
0: That actually sparks a question for me because you had a recent uh, series of blog posts about Tokyo Disneyland, um, and one of your points on there is something that I think probably surprises a lot of people, in that you said that when you count up all the costs, that it's comparable or maybe even cheaper for you and your wife to be able to travel to Tokyo Disneyland Resort rather than flying across the country to go to Walt Disney World. So, kind of what are your experiences in those international parks? How accessible are they? Um, you know, and you know, ultimately, how surprising is it that a park like that is sometimes more affordable than the parks in our own country?
1: Sure. We, um, we went to... Tokyo Disney Resort earlier this year for the first time. Um, we went to Japan for two weeks and it was the best vacation of my life. It was uh, incredible. We we spent the last five, five and a half days at Tokyo Disney Resort after being in Kyoto and Tokyo. And uh, I'll, I'll start with Kyoto. It's a it's the most amazing city I've ever been in. You walk down the street and you turn a corner, and everything looks modern, and then all of a sudden there's a temple or a shrine from the 700s right in front of you. It's it's just a beautiful city full of history and and it's vibrant and um, but it's also uh, very well. It's set right inside of mountains, and it's just beautiful. I could go on and on. I know that's not what this podcast is about, but um, Kyoto was amazing, but Tokyo Disney Resort was incredible. It's um, for those that don't know, it's Tokyo Disneyland and a park co- called Tokyo Disney Sea. The Tokyo Disneyland is almost like a Disneyland Magic Kingdom Greatest Hits park. Uh, it's the best rides from both. It feels like, and and then a little bit of uh, uh, offbeat. It's a, it's a little different to the point where you, it, for me, it was almost like. This is great. I can't quite put my finger on what makes it so different. Um, I thought more and more about it. it it's a little bit fan-driven. It's a little bit. Um, the streets are wider. It, there are little nuances that are different. But I love Tokyo Disneyland. Um, Tokyo Disney Sea was just uh, inspiring. It's the best park I've ever been in, um, and yeah, it's it's incredible. Hard to get out in a half hour podcast but the uh but traveling it it had been traveling to those parks and kyoto and tokyo had been on my uh travel bucket list for i don't know four or five years and uh we finally just decided to go uh it was kind of up in the air for a long time and, and we just kind of pulled the plug or not pulled the plug but but went for it and um and we were, uh, it was everything we hoped it would be. We were shocked by uh, how comparable the price was to traveling, like I said, like you said, uh, and like I said in the blog post to Disney World. Of course, we went for two weeks, so it's a little bit more. But if we had gone to Disney World for two weeks compared to Japan for two weeks, um, yeah, Japan would have been uh, the same, if not less. Um mm-hmm. A lot of that comes down to finding the right flight, and and you're out in Tennessee, correct? Yeah, so, so it might be a little bit more for you, but um, but it's not, even from there, I've seen flights that, uh, like from Chicago or from areas around there that aren't a whole lot more. Um, so, so yeah, I was pleasantly surprised um, at how cheap it
0: was. So next, I know you have a great blog post about this, so I encourage anybody who's not as familiar with um, Tokyo Disney and specifically Disney Sea and their upcoming expansion in 2020 where you outline kind of everything involved with that. But I would just uh, be interested in knowing what are your thoughts where you already hold the park in such high esteem, what level do you think that that expansion can take the parks to?
1: Sure. I am... Um... I'll, I'll be honest. I'm still on the fence about it. To be um, to be frank, the uh, the park is incredible in its own right. Uh, for those that don't that don't know, the the park is based on water and all the all the ways water connects us. Um, hence the name Disney Sea. Um, this most of the lands have uh, in the park, or or they call them ports of call. Most of the ports have a real life feeling to them and all an idealized real of life feeling to them but uh but like there's an american waterfront that's based in the industrial age it's industrial age new york and then you walk a little further and it's um it's cape cod there's a mediterranean harbor that is so beautiful and, and you turn in Turn down an alley, and it's like you're in Venice. There's um, there's South America. There's Arabia, um, and then there's a little more fantasy-like, but it still feels very grounded in in modern life. There's a volcano that's the the icon of the park, and that there's a mysterious island based on uh, Jules Jules Verne novel um, that's kind of the centerpiece of the park. Um, and that land is a little more fantasy-like, but even that feels very um, just an idealized real life, uh, which I think a theme park is at its best. Uh, where it, whereas this fantasy port, this expansion, uh, it remains to be seen how how real life it will feel like, how how grounded in reality it is, where all the other ports are. Um, so that that's my. Uh, trepidation i guess that's my that's my worry that it's just not going to feel like it fits in having said that the uh tokyo disney resort will spare no expense um that they will pour money into that thing until it it feels right and looks right um the oriental land company which owns the, the majority of tokyo disney resort um does a such an incredible job from the little things to the big things. So I have no doubt that it's going to look absolutely amazing. The rides will be state of the art. Um, I just worry a little bit about the fit. Um, if it fits though, it's going to make the park. Um, it's a two day park right now. Uh, If the expansion is great, it could be a three day park. I mean, it's that, it's that good of a park. And I think with four more excellent rides and, and a few new lands to explore. It could um, it could really elevate it. I just hope uh, that if it it's in.
0: Yeah, I feel like that is a tough task for anybody in the Disney Parks um, office to be able to pull off those transitions. I feel like that's one of the hardest things that they have to do uh, to keep the theming alive. I'm also, it, that makes me think about that. I'm also interested to see in Hollywood Studios and Walt Disney World how they pull off that transition from the Muppet Courtyard. Um, area into Galaxy's Edge. I feel like that's uh kind of an awkward transition of seeing the Miss Piggy fountain, which uh, who knows if it's there. I feel like every trip they take it away and then they put it back, Uh, but then you know, next you'll see the Millennium Falcon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The uh, uh, this is uh, since the early 90s, I don't think the parks have seen this much change, um, globally or or even in America. Um, that. There are things popping up all over, and and FIT is going to be an interesting um, topic for the next five or ten years. Uh, I think Star Wars Land and Toy Story Land. Have you been to Toy Story Land,
0: yet? We have not. We were actually in Orlando the day that it opened, but we were using uh, my sister-in-law's cast member guest passes, and she was blocked out from Hollywood Studios on that entire opening weekend of Toy Story Land.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I think I think those things will, will fit in fairly well at Hollywood Studios. That's not a big worry for me. The um Star Wars Land and Disneyland should be pretty uh interesting just because that park is so historic. Um even even uh Tron or, or in Magic Kingdom or uh, the Ratatouille Ride in Epcot, um I mean they've kind of already bridge that gap with frozen ever after and epcot but but things like that um or i guess i guess guardians of the galaxy and epcot it would be a better um example it's gonna be um it's probably if i'm being honest my biggest worry about the parks i hope they're not just uh, i know there's thinking behind it but i hope they're not just throwing money at it i hope I hope there's a lot of thinking into the background, and I'm sure there is, but uh, I hope it's not getting outweighed by um, by the higher-ups and just wanting to to uh, build rides quickly.
0: <laughs> That's great. Those are great thoughts. So the last thing I want to ask before we head into our lightning round is, since you visited the parks, um, like you said, growing up with your family... And then once you decided to start wandering in Disney and start producing this content, did you notice any shift in your behavior and how you experienced the parks or anything else that kind of stood out once you kind of had to have your eye open to be able to write new content pieces?
1: A Great question. Um, the, I was worried about that, honestly, when I started the blog. I, I was worried that I'd become too critical. Uh, and, and I've definitely looked at the parks more critically than I do before, than I did before. Um, I think that's, that's what you kind of have to do if you want to start a a fair and honest blog. Uh, I mean, there are blogs that just cover, uh, the top five, uh, snacks or whatever. And that's great. There, There should be blogs like that. Um, and, and I cover snacks, but not to the point where it's everything I put out. Um, but there needs to be. If, if I'm going to do the blog, I want to do it. Needed to be a little more uh, critical and, and, like you, like you said earlier, I wanted to put out things that I, I really thought about. Um, so I was worried that I would become more critical and that would hinder the park experience. It has not done that whatsoever. Um, thankfully, <laughs> the uh, there there are definitely times where I get. A little more frustrated than I made it might have but I'm a very easygoing person I'm very relaxed and even if I'm frustrated with something I can turn the corner and uh, and see something that I really enjoy so so it hasn't changed how much I love the parks it has changed in some of my uh, park habits I guess. Uh, some of my park itineraries, uh, I'll go out of my way to eat at a place that I haven't been, even if there's a, there's somewhere that I, that I like, that I know I like. Um, uh, as far as rides and stuff, um, I mainly think what I, uh, what I did before I started the blog, um, it's just sometimes you like rides more than other rides and, and sometimes, Uh, More and more often than not, I love most attractions. Uh, As far as photography, though, um, that has greatly enhanced my park experience. I love uh, staying as the park closes down. I love staying at night. Um, Those are some of my favorite memories of of all the rides are closed, but um, especially at Disney World and Disneyland, uh, security will let you linger for days. well, a magic kingdom up to an hour and just take photos of wherever. And, um, it's, it's the most peaceful part of my day at a Disney park. And it's, it's, uh, it leaves you alone to your thoughts, uh, it leaves you alone to, uh, just experience this beautiful architecture. That's, that's been brought up right in front of you and, um, and all the colors, uh, that has been my, uh, become my favorite part of going to a Disney park, honestly. Um, so, for any of any of you who uh, even if you don't take pictures, though, I think lingering in the park uh, will give you a greater uh, appreciation, I guess, for for mm-hmm. the rest of for the park you're in or, or for um, just the Disney World, Disneyland, any Disney resort you're in as a whole. It's a, it's a peaceful, uh, romantic experience almost.
0: That's a great tip and something that I think that too many people don't take advantage of. One of my um, fondest memories of the parks is actually uh, when my wife and I got engaged, which that's a great memory in itself. But part of that process was that we booked a dining reservation at Cinderella's Royal Table before the park opened. And that moment, just walking down Main Street with only a dozen or so people in the park at that time period, Um, was really surreal that you hear things and notice things that you never would whenever there's hundreds of people around you buzzing around. So I would encourage anybody who wants to experience the parks in kind of a little bit of a different way to find a way to, to get in there when it's empty and, and experience it that way.
1: Absolutely. Be there for park opening and park uh, park closing and then maybe take a break in the middle if you need it. But but those are, those are just wonderful times to be in a theme park. And like I said earlier, I, I hear people that didn't have a great time. And I think more than anything, they're just... In the park at the wrong time Uh, as simple as that sounds um, like wake up and get there when the park opens and if you need a nap later just take it during the middle of the day because it is hot and uh, crowded then and then then come back for the night because that's um, a magical time but um, but yeah another big thing for me is just don't do something that doesn't sound like fun so many people will get in line for like a ride that in the out in the middle of the day in the heat we'll get a ride for in line for like an hour and you're standing in the sun and yeah you're not going to have a good time if that's the case Mm -hmm. um so uh so yeah that that's something i try to convey in in the blog is just yeah go go have fun don't don't take everything so seriously and just go have a good time. It doesn't have to be, oh, I got to do this attraction, so I'm going to have to wait outside in an hour for an hour. Um, that, that's a bad idea. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's something I try to get through.
0: Immediately, I thought of standing in line for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, and in that queue that's outside in that is like you said that is not the way to spend a disney vacation
1: yeah one time i was with my family we were at uh, magic kingdom and it had been i don't know it was 100 degrees that day or so and even after the sun went down that queue was so humid and it, it it's probably uh, tainted my my view of that ride overall honestly it it was uh, miserable just waiting in that line oh the ride's great though so um yeah it, if you hit it at the wrong time, things cannot not be as fun as they should be.
0: <laughs> yeah, not to get too far off topic, because I'm sure we can spend an entire episode talking about how to spend a hot day in the parks. But it to me, it always seems like Frontierland is the hottest land in all of Magic Kingdom. I guess because of the colors, with the browns and the reds and the orange hues, and it seems like Tomorrowland is always cooler. Um, probably for the same reason for the queues yeah. um, between you know the blues and the greens.
1: Yeah, Tomorrowland, New Fantasy I think there's um way back in like Storybook Circus cuz I think they have that splash splash park there. Um but Frontierland definitely has more pavement in in uh, Magic Kingdom. So, yeah, it's a it's black pavement and the browns like you talk about. Yeah, it's a it is not a it's pretty hot in there.
0: Perfect. Well, I think we've covered a lot of great topics, so the next thing we'll jump into is our lightning round. So I'll just throw out some Disney topics, and if you just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind, so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. So before we jump into the lightning round, I want to share this week's trivia question for our giveaway. So, the question is, in the Tokyo Disney Celebration Hotel at the Tokyo Disney Resort, the hotel is divided into two different wings. The wings are titled Wish and Discover. The question is, which two Disney-inspired lands do those two wings embody? If you don't know the answer to this, there's a perfect place to find it, and it's in one of Andrew's recent blog posts titled Tokyo Disney Celebration Hotel that was posted on October 1st, and you can find that at wanderingindisney.com. The link to his website will be in the show notes as well. And just a reminder, you can enter the answer both on our website at detourtoneverland.com. Look for it in the top menu. And you can also enter it on our Instagram by finding us at podcast. There it will be in our highlighted stories. Enter it. And just a reminder, we're going to have questions and trivia questions in every single episode for the whole month of October. So rack up as many entries as you can. And uh hopefully you can win the Ezra um Haunted Mansion Funko Pop. And so the first question is an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited.
1: All right. Um Disney World, the the four parks, the water parks and Disney Springs, um Disneyland, California Adventure, and the two Tokyo parks. Um tokyo disneyland and tokyo disney sea
0: we might have already covered it but just in case which is your favorite park and why
1: yeah tokyo disney sea uh like i said the uh to be honest it's not even that close tokyo disney sea is the uh are seven lands i believe and every single one of them is incredible there are four lands four ports there, uh, the American Waterfront, Mysterious Island, the Arabian Coast, and Mediterranean Harbor, that would be my favorite land anywhere else. Um, it, I can't pick my favorite from there, but it's, um, it's just so inspired and, and so beautiful. There's not a single eyesore throughout the parks. Uh, everything is thought through beautifully. The, the rides fit the lands. There's nothing shoehorned in there. Um, and yeah, it's just an incredible place. Uh, that again, I could talk about for for days. Um, yeah, stateside, my favorite park would probably be Disneyland or or Animal Kingdom. One of those two. All
0: right, I know you've already checked off Tokyo, but what's another Disney bucket list trip for you?
1: Sure, we uh, we are trying to figure out a way to do this. Uh, this is shooting for the sky, but we want to go to Hong Kong. And then hop over to Japan and Tokyo Disney Resort, and on the way back, um, hit Alani. So um, that that would be my absolute bucket list. Um, I don't know if we'll ever be able to pull that off, but uh, but it would be incredible.
0: Um, yeah, that sounds like the trip of a lifetime. You know, you get to visit all the theme parks and then cap it off with a nice, relaxing trip in beautiful Alani. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've heard you uh, mention Elani you enjoyed it quite a bit right
0: We did I think it's something that all Disney fans really need to enjoy um, and it's a similar sentiment to what you said about Japan that you know you need to visit Elani and and for Tokyo you need to visit Disneyland Resort but you also need sure. to go out there explore rent a car see what else you can get into because the island of the islands of Hawaii have so much to offer and alani is kind of a great gateway uh to get your foot in the door yeah absolutely so next question is your favorite disney resort um ooh, that's a tough one
1: probably uh the yacht and beach club uh i like its proximity to epcot uh, but animal kingdom lodge is right up there too uh tokyo disneyland hotel is incredible as well but but not quite as uh as vast i guess as uh, as the two i mentioned in disney world it's mainly just a hotel but um but yeah the the those two in disney world would probably be my favorite
0: great choice next question would be your favorite ride or attraction
1: my favorite attraction this is a toss-up almost it's uh i would always say pirates of the caribbean and in uh, disneyland is the best and it's probably my favorite um followed closely by kilimanjaro safaris uh yeah those two are those two are probably my favorites
0: perfect next one would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack
1: my favorite snack um well i hate to go back to tokyo disney resort people are probably tired of me talking about it but there's this uh, incredible it doesn't sound as good as you might think but uh there's this incredible seafood pizza at Tokyo Disneyland that is like, it's like $4 and it is, it looks greasy. It doesn't look very good, but there is uh, fresh seafood on top and it's, um, it's incredible. Uh, uh, yeah. It's my favorite snack overall. Um, the, you could probably pass for a meal that, that might show something about my eating habits, but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's great.
0: Uh Dole Whip is, is always a
1: classic choice, too.
0: So correct me if I'm wrong, but I was actually watching some videos of Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, your blog post inspired me to say, like, I need to see this in video format. But most of the restaurants um, have their menu items on display, correct? You know, underneath the menu, they'll have little replicas of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah we... Um, just as a language barrier as, barrier as a whole, um, there wasn't one really at uh, especially at Tokyo Disney Resort. Um, like you said, yeah, food is, is listed below uh, is pictured um, below almost all the menu items. Uh, and, and a lot of times the signs will be in English. In fact throughout Japan this uh, this idea of kind of putting, pictures of the food below, uh, the menu or not even pictures, but kind of, uh, just, uh, replicas. It's, um, it's very common. So, uh, language barrier was not an issue for us. Uh, well, I would, I would say specifically at Tokyo Disney Resort, but, but even, even throughout Japan, it was something we were sort of worried about, um, me less so than the other people in our group, but, uh, but it did not play a factor at all. It was, uh and so welcoming every 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 single person we ran into was incredible and and uh very kind so um so if that's that's something holding someone back please uh please don't worry about that uh I, if you if you need more examples, I'm happy to give them mm-hmm. on the blog so uh yeah it's it's not an issue at all
0: good deal so next would be your favorite disney restaurant my favorite disney
1: restaurant is who uh, probably? Ooh, can I go resort by resort? Go for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tokyo Disney Resort would be Magellan's. It's the best theming I've ever seen in a res- in a uh, restaurant. It's um, in Disney Sea, and it's just kind of the almost the thesis for the park is is displayed throughout that restaurant uh, in Disneyland. Would be Napa Rose. It's in the Grand Californian and it's um probably the some of the best food I've ever eaten. And Disney World I'd I'd hate to go with the obvious, but it's Victorian Alberts. It's uh just a dining experience unlike anything I've ever had.
0: So next would be your favorite Disney movie.
1: My favorite Disney movie is The Lion King um yeah i i've loved it I, I believe it's the first movie i ever saw in theaters and uh i still love it to this day
0: um my favorite
1: pixar movie would be wally though
0: so are you excited or apprehensive about the live action version of the lion king
1: oh uh <laughs> apprehensive i'm pretty apprehensive about all those uh live action remakes some have been really good i loved the cinderella version um the Cinderella remake. I'm pretty on the fence about some of the others, but, uh, that one, I like the casting so far. Uh, so I don't know. It could be, it could be all right, but I'm a little worried. They, they do have some precedent in, uh, the, since Lion King has been so big on Broadway. Uh, maybe they'll, they'll take something from that. Um, I doubt it, but uh, maybe. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty apprehensive. We'll
0: have to check back in and get your review of it afterwards. But next would be your favorite Disney song.
1: My favorite Disney song... In the parks, it's uh, Grim Grinning Ghosts from Haunted Mansion. Uh, yeah, I'll just go with that. that. That would be my favorite Disney song.
0: Next question would be your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the Disney movies. My fa- uh, I'll go with...
1: Uh, this isn't the most inspiring or anything, but it, just the opening line in, in Walt Disney's Disneyland speech: uh, "For all who come to this happy place, welcome." It's something I've tried to um, incorporate into my own life. Just um, even if it's not our home specifically, just be be happy or try to try to be some someone that's welcoming to. Everyone, every single person, and I try to convey that in the blog or or even just walking around. It's it's a
0: meaningful quote to me. Great choice. Last question of the lightning round would be your favorite Disney memory.
1: That's a tough one. There's been so many. Uh, Disneyland is where I told my wife I loved her. Um, the, our honeymoon was at Disney World. I think my absolute favorite, though, is um Walking into Tokyo Disney Sea, there's a courtyard. Kind of, it's sort of similar to uh, Hollywood Studios in that there's kind of this front courtyard, and then you go under this big arch, and um, and then you see the the park icon, the vol- the volcano, and and on some of the surrounding lands. And we just, um, my wife and I, and then the our Two of my best friends uh, that we traveled with throughout Japan, and we just kind of walked up to this fence that's right along the har- the uh, water there, the the main harbor, and um, and we just kind of stood there. And I, uh, you know, that feeling when you've seen something so many times in pictures, and then you finally get to see it in real life, and it's it's kind mm-hmm. of the culmination of a, a big journey that I've been trying to get people to go to tokyo disney with me for four or five years and then we finally just did it and then we were there and it was um even more beautiful than i imagined and i just stood there and i could have stood there all night honestly it it made me very uh emotional and and uh i needed a few minutes to collect myself but it was a memory i'll never forget
0: that's great thank you so much for sharing that so our last question um is something that we want to ask all of our guests and it's if there's someone out there who's on the fence and they have this passion and this love for Disney, but they're looking for the right outlet to express it. Um, what is your piece of parting guidance to that person?
1: Sure, uh, this is something I really admire about your podcast. It's uh, it, I love that you're um that you're pushing people to this. Um, it's a it's a great idea. The uh, I, there's the obvious advice of just just go do it. Um, you, and that, that is absolutely true. You, you can't, you can't do anything until you just make up your mind and, and just say, go for it. Um, the, my main piece of advice is, uh, be patient and start it as a hobby. Uh, there's, it's hard to, um, make money off of this. And, and it was never my goal to, and I, I still don't really. Um, but, it as a hobby, and and be patient because there are days where you're gonna write the or in my case write your favorite blog post you've ever written, and like two people are gonna read it, and you can't get caught up in that. You just you just have to do it for the love of the love of doing it, whether that's making a craft and no one buys it, or uh, or uh, starting in starting a podcast and like three people listen that that's just the way it goes if you're putting out things you really care about that are thoughtful and um, and fair people are going to catch on so so just keep going and and be patient and and keep putting out don't don't lose the faith because um, like you like I said uh, if you put out good stuff people are gonna eventually read it
0: Yeah, I think that is wonderful advice, Um, and thank you so much for sharing that. And and I just think about that, you know, right now in your situation where you're in the series of writing these Tokyo Disneyland um, blog series, is that who knows years from now somebody might find that thread, read through it, and that might be what pushes them uh, or inspires them to take that trip to Tokyo and, and invest in those, you know, lifetime of memories of visiting that park. So, and I think the the what you hit on with instant gratification is exactly right as well—that you have to be doing this for the right reasons and putting out content that you are genuinely interested in, um, and people love authenticity and, and they're able to connect with that.
1: Yeah, and even if one person reads it and, and they get just a little bit of advice um, from that post or from that podcast or whatever you're doing, uh, the, then I mean that that should be the goal—just help even if it's just one person you're helping someone so that that's the way that's the way it should be (laughs) of course you can get caught up in in views or things like that um even even i'm guilty of that but uh but that's the way it should be ideally
0: that is all wonderful advice um andrew thank you so much for sharing that and thank you so much for joining us today is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners before we head out
1: no, uh, thank you for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. I, um, I hope, uh, if you tune into the blog that, uh, people enjoy it. So, um, if you ever see me in the parks, please, please say hi. I, I'd love to catch up with you. So, uh,
0: thanks for having me on. Perfect. Well, if you're not already, everybody, make sure you head on, on over to Andrew's website at wanderinganddisney.com. You're going to find, find so much great content Um, You can subscribe to the blog there and get email updates for every new blog post. So with that, Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing some of your experiences and some of your advice um, for the Disney community. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Visit our website at DetourToNeverland.com to catch up on the blog. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at DetourToNeverland underscore podcast. DetourToNeverland underscore podcast. Have a great day.